The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Here we go. It's that time again. Thank you for being with us on Afternoons with Mike. We're heard daily at this time across the Shepherd Radio Network with the reminder that next Monday, our program moves to 1.05 in the afternoon with our invitation and acceptance of that invitation by the Dave Ramsey Show. The Ramsey Show will start next Monday at 2.05 live for three hours. So that's going to be great. And then my show will repeat next Monday at 6.05 in the evening. So you'll still have two chances to hear it. On the line with me, our good friend and fellow broadcaster. He is on our station on Saturdays. He is on a program called Design to Heal each and every Saturday in our Orlando station. And that is at 11.05 in the morning. Ben Rawl, Dr. Ben, nice to talk with you. Great to be back, Mike. Thank you for having me on. Well, this is always exciting to talk. Sometimes you're here live. Today we're over the phone. Uh, your office is down south of Orlando in the Kissimmee area, right? C- correct. Correct. Just outside of Orlando. So on a day like today with uh, the weather, this crazy weather we've been having, man, uh, all across the nation, I, I'm glad at least we're not up in Vermont where uh, the, oh. the the rains are coming down so hard, flooding and all of that. I, I whew, praying for them. Yeah. But uh, it's just great to have you on the line and to talk about what's going on in your practice, what's going on on your radio program. First of all, a question, how are you enjoying this process of taking what you have been doing on a podcast and putting it on the air? Is that uh, working out for you? You know, it's, first of all, yeah, there is a lot going on in, in the nation, Mike. There always is, you know. It, you know, One of the things is, as I get a little bit older in life, and you like to believe you get a little wisdom, you certainly hopefully get some perspective. And um, like you said, you know, even I grew up in the Midwest, and so in the Midwest, it's, you know, it's tornadoes and, and blizzards. And then I moved to Florida, and it's hurricanes and heat and, and things like that. And there's, there's always challenges, and I, and I think that's corollary to healthcare. Uh, none of us get out of this uh, this alive, to use that overused metaphor sometimes, or truth rather. And so I think perspective is so important. So having the radio show and reaching a, an, a another audience that that maybe wouldn't get um, um, find themselves getting this type of information as often. Uh, and I really have to give your station and your group credit because uh, sometimes when you move into a holistic uh, care model, or sometimes it's called an alternative care model. Uh, that for some people is challenging. That for some people is almost offensive oftentimes. And then to add on top of that, um, you know, being a faith-based uh, group, you know, you're, you're, you're rife with opportunities for uh, uh, hot, heated discussions. And when we live in these times that we live in, it seems like heated discussions, uh, debates, or even, uh, discre- you know, fights even sometimes um, is more common. And so I, I like to be able to come in and hopefully be um, a bit of a, vo- a voice of reason, a bit of a voice of, of just foundational truth that, that most of us can, can find some common ground on. And so it's been interesting having this show. It's introduced me to different people, different groups of people. And so I'm very thankful. For, and But I really, uh, you guys are more the ones that took a chance on me. I'm happy to always talk, but you guys brought us on the show, so we're thankful for that. Well, we're thankful for you, and I love the fact that you do take an approach of a biblical worldview, even on your website. I mean, right up front, you're going to get the scripture right there. The Bible is listed prominently on your page, and I just think that's marvelous that, like you said, in a day like today when there's so much pushback in so many ways to what has been traditional uh, long-held biblical values or even common sense values. I mean, Ben, doesn't yeah. it seem that uh, in America, common sense has taken the hard road? I mean, it's what, it, at least it appears to me like it has. You know, Mike, I, my wife and I were literally talking about this morning. I have a 16-year-old and I have a 13-year-old uh, child. And so we're in this 
daily, you know, you know, not only are we trying to contend for our own sanity and our own clarity and, and on issues just as, as adults, but then trying to help your children navigate in these times that they're faced with. And we were just reflecting on when we were children. Um, yes, many of the things that are in today's you know, world existed as we were kids, but we didn't have a phone in our hands that gave us access to as much of it as easily. There wasn't as much cultural, uh, um, you know, contention against what I, what many of us probably listening thought was just simply normal things. Mike, I never thought that I would have to, you know, have a conversation with my child about what a boy or a girl is. That's right. For an example, you know, and as a, and as a dad and as a doctor, you know, basic physiology, like I never thought this would be where the debate would have. I don't know if you saw this, recently this week, Mike, but the, the, the CDC came out with its recommendations of, of for, for male breastfeeding, where they literally are, are having them take medications to, to create the, to have them create milk. And then people are, and I, I literally, you think you're living in sci-fi time. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the challenge though, is sometimes Mike, we want to, we want to like, it's so crazy. And I can find myself doing this sometimes. We just want to like, not even engage. Right. Like, like you want to like turn it off. And and there's a honestly, there's a time for that. It does. You know, the scriptures even tell us to flee from evil and things like that. So I can appreciate that. But understand if we remove ourselves from that game or from that, those discussions and our children are still in them and those that we love and care about are still in them. We need to be we need to be careful about that. So I I am of the ilk and I am of the thought that we as believers need to be in the game to. I think it's uh, in Matthew, maybe Matthew nine. Uh, that's where Paul even talks about. Listen, I'm gonna, I'll be whoever I need to be outside of sin, right? To to lead somebody to Christ, so um, or or to show them, you know, the the truth, if you will. And so, as, as crazy as these times are, and and there's been crazy times historically. So this isn't the first time in the world. Um, this is just our season to be really represent and be salt and light for the world. And healthcare for me is my space. Um, that I kind of live in on a, on a day-to-day basis, and so I'm happy to contend for, for God's truth in that arena. I appreciate that, and I'm glad you're doing it. We need people to be that kind of bold. And you are so right when you say it's shocking to think about what we're having to discuss, much less defend. Uh, but, you know, that's what we're being asked to do. We're, we're really not <laughs> even having an opportunity in a lot of these courts uh, of opinion to even give an opinion about anything different than what the current uh the current line the narrative is and and that's just so sad and you're right our children our grandchildren i've got 10 grandkids Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i pray Mm -hmm. for them daily and thinking about what kind of world is it going to be for them what are they going to face when they're up in uh, the upper grades of elementary school years going into high school and on into college if that's what they do what are, yeah. what kind of world not not just politically but socially what kind of world are they going to do uh, and be facing that that's really concerning and i get it you're so right yeah. but you know paul uh talked to timothy in second timothy and he, he said people are the, the, this is what's happening in the world he said always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth and that seems to be a simple expression of as as exactly what's happening in our country today we might be gaining knowledge but boy we're not putting that knowledge to the right use in so many areas and it is so sad to see the kind of pressure that people are going and the impact that it's having and you mix that with all of the social media you're right they've got a screen yeah. in their hand when they didn't have that before that screen is with them 24 7 practically and that's causing yeah. all sorts of problems too so now i know you cover a lot of these things uh, a quick update if you'll give us on what you see happening now you mentioned this uh, crazy ruling that comes out from the CDC. The World Health oh. Organization is another organization that keeps putting out bulletins and and recommendations. We haven't heard as much, it seems to me, lately in the the news cycle on the vaccine. What oh. do you see happening with that right now? Yeah, it's a good question. It's it's important that people. A, a couple things I do want to let our listeners know about, or let you know your listeners know about. Uh, there's a lot going on in healthcare. I would say that um, from the fallout of, of uh, and things that are people are becoming more aware of, uh, particularly to the jab or the vaccine, um, 
is there the the um, the negative effects of that and the acknowledgement of that are continuing to climb. Unfortunately, there's been many uh, statistics and many reports coming out about the increase in what they're calling, you know, just sudden death, especially in younger people uh, in their 40s. Unfortunately, there's not a day that goes by that one isn't really in the headlines lately. There's been just increases in death across and different countries hit harder, but almost every country hit in that way. So we're seeing some of potentially what they're describing as the long-term effects of, of these jabs. The reason that's a concern, Mike, and the reason I, other than just the obvious, is people from the very beginning that were raising their hand and were asking really decent questions, such as, what are the long-term effects of these jabs? They were told, you know, many were censored. Many were told, don't ask those questions. Many were told they were actually mean for even asking such a question, uh, a horrible human. Yet here we sit now a couple few years later, and many of those concerns are becoming uh, are becoming reality. One of the things that's making now more public awareness is what they're calling turbo cancers, where you're seeing people were almost overnight, Mike, almost literally in weeks, people are going from no cancer to rabid cancer in their bodies, and they're calling these turbo cancers. It's literally a new term, and there's on there's oncologists that are speaking out. They're saying I've never seen anything like this. Now, you may say, well, what evidence is there that they say that might be related to the jab? Well, I will tell you, one of the things we know that the jab does is it affects things called toll-like receptors in the body. Those are things that help your immune system fight cancer. So there's, there's mechanisms that potentially could cause this. Now, as you're listening to this, and Mike, we're going to talk about some things, and it's such an, it's so important. We're going to talk about some foundational things that we need to do for our health. I'm going to, this isn't just going to be a doom and gloom show. We're not here just to scare people, but we do need to be aware of these things. And part of the reason we need to be aware is so we don't repeat that. We don't repeat those mistakes. So one of the things that I would want our listeners to be aware of is there's actually pressure right now coming from the World Health Organization to basically create this, and I don't have the term in front of me, but basically they want to create this global pandemic response agreement where all countries come under the authority of the world health organization and when they say oh we're locking down or they say hey we're quarantining or we're jabbing everybody or we're going to do this or do that it's they have almost complete authority on that and we would have to come under that authority and my friends you should be concerned about that um and you could take this as on one end extremely nefarious and i probably lean that way just personally but even on the other end of just caution and wisdom and 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 good good thoughts like i think anywhere along that spectrum we would have reason to be concerned by uh, handing our authority over to an agency such as the world health organization which is more in this globalist concept we all know we live in the world together i'm not anti you know the world um however we need to be very very careful that we're not coming into these agreements with groups like the World Health Organization. So those are a couple of the things, Mike. I would also want to tell you this. Unfortunately, one of the things that we're seeing in our younger generation right now is significant uh, mental health concerns, yes. suicides, depression, anxiety. I am reading studies right now that are honestly breaking my heart. Numbers that if I would have told you three years ago, you, you, would, you would have said they were impossible to ever get that bad. And much of that has been attributed to these last few years. Much of that has been attributed to the lockdowns, to uh, the social, you know, um, uh, you know, locking schools down, kids being, you know, I mean, I think about what it took like for us to kind of manage through these last few years with much of the information. Now imagine you're an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old child being told you're a death vector to your grandparents, being told that you're you know, a, 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 you know, a bad person because you're wearing, not wearing a mask or, you know, any, anything. And so I say that to say we do need to be aware, like the, 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 the fight's not over. And I would say we need to be prepared as a people, not only individually for your health, your family's health, all those things. But then also, you know, we have an election coming up. So there's going to be a lot of that going on. And, and, and it's, it's a lot. I mean, I can almost stress myself out just talking about what I talked about for the last few minutes. <laughs> 
You know, you're right. You know, there's a certain mood that all of this creates in an individual. And when you're talking about a kid, when you're talking about a child that's growing up, I mean, I remember in my day, there wasn't a a single person I knew that didn't go through some sort of, you know, questions about life. And are are they tall enough? Are they are they strong enough? Are they pretty enough? All these kinds of questions were always asked. But then you have to add to the equation what's going on in the world today, where they have to ask themselves, or, you know, according to the schools they need, yeah. and they're being told this, am I a boy? Am I a girl? Mm-hmm. Do you really ever know? Uh, you, what What if you're one of the plus, plus, plus of that alphabet? So, yeah. you know, all yeah. of this is going on. And you're right, it creates this mood it creates this uh, depression that so many are going through, and it, that does seem to be at an all-time high right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just a sad time. But I'm grateful, again, for people who have the goods, like you do from a standpoint of knowledge, medically speaking, and also a heart for God and wanting to see this happen. Going back, one one final thing. We've got a break coming yeah. up in about three minutes here. But uh, going back to that vaccine, uh, that whole uh, thing that's being pressed, do, would you believe that there's enough resistance, let's say right now in the country, that America can stay independent from that uh, who mm. ruling? I mean, that's that's a big if right there for our country is is there enough resistance are we going to allow our leaders to sign away america's freedom and independence from the world health organization it's a great question um and i would tell you there is i believe it was in the uh, house of representatives if i'm not mistaken uh did offer a resolution to to make sure that never happened uh, th- that just happened very recently. So, I mean, there is definitely resistance. There's people waking up. One thing I would say, Mike, uh, kind of on that same question, is there enough resistance? Also, what I've seen is, you know, if you, we just all go back a couple of years ago, you know, if you were to question some of the, the things that were coming out of these groups like the World Health Organization or, or you know, other gr- even out of our own government, you know, you were made to be crazy. And now we sit here a couple a couple of years later, and it's open public knowledge that, for example, that the, that the vaccines did not stop infection and they did not stop transmission. If you were to said that a couple of years ago, you were crazy. If you were to yeah, say that there were side right. effects that have happened to those, you were told you were crazy. Now, um, you know, there is very prominent doctors and scientists very openly speaking out that are saying what happened was not okay. So we are seeing people wake up and are being very angry because you know, even though I practice on the outside of traditional healthcare, you know, these people are often for, you know, so I don't have to follow, you know, I don't, I don't provide, you know, vaccines in my office. That's not something that chiropractors do. So I don't have to have that debate. I'm not being told by, you know, my hospital to do that. So doctors that were forced to do that or doctors that were told to follow those recommendations, now they feel like, oh my goodness, I was lied to. I yeah. was misled. There was things that we were told that were not true. And a lot that's happening through the freedom of information where we're getting, you know, emails that were done and we're finding out that when they were the science was well established that it hadn't done these things yet. These people are coming on TV, the Dr. Fauci's and the Deborah Burks's, and they're saying, hey, this stop. If you get the vaccine, you cannot get or give covid. Well, Mike, that wasn't true. That's they exactly. knew that wasn't true. <laughs> right. And the, the reason I'm saying this is not to have a political debate, not to cause strife, but to, to for we can sit here and acknowledge and say, you know what, we better not let that happen again. Now, it only gets uh, worse when we take this, like you said, take this out of our own country. We need to be able, all nations need to be able to remain sovereign to themselves and make what's best for their own you know, uh, people and their own economics. Matter of fact, there's even in, um, in the school education system, one of the arguments that's being made, and I agree with this, is, hey, we need to be able to educate based on the needs of our area, what, you know, different demographics we have and things like that versus just this across-the-board thing. So for, the reason I bring that up is in healthcare, each nation, whether where their latitude is, their population age, one of the things we saw happen, for example, during COVID, one of the areas hardest hit in Italy initially was an area that had a very old, population. We know that the stratification and people that did worse with COVID were 
older people with comorbidities. So there was a hot spot of that in, in northern Italy, and they didn't fare well. Now, that's different than a, a younger population, i.e. our schools, for example, right? So, Mike, it's now fairly public. You got me on a little bit of a hot one here. I'll, I'll wrap up. Well, but, well, well hold but, that. Let's wrap up on yeah. the other side of the break. I'm up against it right now. This is Afternoons with Mike. Dr. Ben Rawls with me. It's already fired up. Let's go, folks. We'll be back in a moment. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back on the line with Dr. Ben Rawl, and we were just kind of, boy, in, in the midst of a great explanation. I hated to have to cut it off for a break, but we were up against one. And you were talking about the, the, the kind of the worldview, and even in Italy, you just brought up what's going on over there and how we need to stay independent. So carry on. Let's finish this part up before we move on. Well, my, my main argument here or thought for the listeners would be, you know, we needed, we always need to be able to look at the, the individual particular needs of a situation. So, for example, when everybody was, you know, all, uh, you know, to some level, some different level of fear, when we shut down schools, now I would tell you that the published literature, even coming out of our own government now, from, 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 you know, both sides of the aisle, even some of the, the heads of, of different, even unions have said, it was a mistake to have shut down. We should never have done that. It caused significantly more harm than good. So I offer that up to you to say, wow, look at what we did. Damage. I mean, they, Mike, I mean, and your listeners might not know some of these things, but they literally changed the definitions in pediatric uh, growth uh, milestones because so many kids are behind now. We've seen significant losses of gaps of, of education where kids have literally it's, – it's heartbreaking. If we claim as a nation to care about our kids and what we did to them during this with just a whim and, and for all intents and purposes, a whim and say, yep, keep them home, the level of abuse that happened, the level of, of harm that happened to kids that the only meal they got was at school, they lived with abusive people, and their only rest that was the way at school where that was notified and they were held. So many things happen. And if you think I am over the top, I would challenge you. I just uh, finished reading a book by uh, Dr. Steve Templeton. I would tell you Steve is a very uh, reasonable man. He is a uh, uh, he's a professor of microbiology and immunology at Indiana University School of Medicine. He's worked for the CDC. He's worked for the NIH. I mean, this guy, is this is what he does. And he wrote a book. Um, I'm holding it in front of me because you made me think of it. And it says, How a Germophobic Safety Culture Makes Us Less Safe. And it's called Fear of a Microbial Planet. He talks extensively about what damage was done to kids in school. You guys, this is a guy who's for his life all he does is study viruses and bacteria and risk factors and all of this. Yet he was saying we should, he and many, many, many others are saying we should never, ever, ever have done that. So you, we need to hold these things in our mind, Mike, because I know it's hard to admit we made a mistake. It's hard to admit we went along with a, 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 a lie, I guess you could say at one yeah, end, or, right. or minimally you could say just, you know, uh, unknowns. I would argue that you know you have to sometimes look for the answer. That's our responsibility as, as citizens. But but so so it's hard to kind of admit these things sometimes. Um, Mike, I'll be honest. This will be the last thing. We can jump on another topic. Um, not a day goes by, not a week for sure, but probably a day goes by that I meet people in my office that come to me that wish that made decisions with their health during COVID that they wish they wouldn't have done. 
They oh, wish yeah. that they wouldn't have gotten yeah. the jab. Right. They wish they wouldn't have went along with things, and now they're sitting in a different situation. And I am sharing that not for guilt, shame, or condemnation. I'm sharing that so we can say, how did we fall for that? Yeah. Okay? And let us not do it again. And I think with the direction we're going to move in, what can I do about it now? You know, so you know and I think that is there. exactly right. What can we do about it now? Because the, there's no future in us going back and pounding people on the head for what we did. I think it's enough to yeah. say we all were too trusting, maybe a bit too naive, and certainly a too willing to lay down what have been strongly held convictions about our freedoms. And we laid those down just uh, overnight, overnight, practically. And all of this started, I mean, Dr. Fauci's 15 minutes of fame, it it lasted at least a couple of hours. (laughs) I'm not sure how much longer it's going to go. But uh, my goodness, we trusted people. And now we find out later there were things that they had financially yeah. to gain by all of these things. And one final thing about the whole thing of what you were talking about kids and during that difficult year, at least one year, if not more than a year, but that would be the thing about masks. And I know Ben, you were mm. never a, a, a person that yeah. felt that that was a good idea. But when you think about it now, if we could have a clear head and think about the impact that a child uh, in his growth development or her growth development uh, at that age uh, all day long, eight hours of school with that mask on, doing nothing but breathing that that their own air, if you will, backed up against that mask. That can't be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, and I would, yeah, and not only that, Mike. I would encourage people if you if you I don't want to say if you care enough because that's the wrong way to say it, but if you look at how big of an issue that was in our country and others, and the masking debates and the way people were made to feel about that. Um, here again, uh, and uh, you know, the Dr. Templeton, he actually has a couple of t- chapters dedicated to all the science of this. And the, here's the m- first thing I'd want people to know is those masks that we put on kids did not do anything positively to reduce the COVID experience. That is documented. That is not my opinion. And the reason I can say that and the reason I am saying that is because the only time it's been shown to potentially be effective is with N95 masks that are applied where it's sealed around the face. If anybody ever saw a kid wearing any mask of any sort, you and I all know that's not what happened. That's right. You know, and nor could you expect that to happen. So, you know, stuff is getting in and out of everywhere. I would actually make the argument, if you think about this, my friends, it and there's actually studies that have confirmed this, particularly with influenza, which is mask wearing in social environments like that, you know, schools, public, this outside of a medical setting, maybe a surgery scenario or something like that. When you're just putting in the general population of asymptomatic people, it actually increases the spread. And you'd say, well, now, how is that? Well, let's think about it. You have these contaminated you know, things that lay on the floor and lay on your in your pocket and you lay them on your seat and they fall off. And then you throw it back on your face and you breathe on it and it's moist and it's off on the other side of it, often dark. Your mouth bacteria are getting in there. You're, you're disrupting the natural way we're designed. Now, many of you might ha- be listening to this and going, because you, you never, you didn't read any of the science. And I don't mean to get too, again, angry here, but you had a talking head on TV say, wear a mask. And then you said, okay, and you did it. And then, and it's kind of, there's a little bit of logic that goes to it. Like you think, oh, well, maybe that will help a little bit. I guess, I guess, you know, it kind of makes sense. Except we now know that, you know, this was off, you know, that most of the spread was by aerosol of, of the particles. Those hang in the, the air for hours oftentimes. They're much, much, much smaller than the masks themselves. So they go right through. And so there was so much just illogicalness to this that we and and then now you didn't even talk about it but you're right Mike the the big thing that we saw with kiddos especially little kids um, in speech delays is because they need to see the lips move they need to Mm -hmm. see expression Um, I, I think I think any of us that were walking around the world during that time it was so hard to be at a restaurant with a waiter or at a checkout at the grocery store and I always I almost felt like um like I missed, I missed the interaction. It was like, I can't really see other than their eyes. I can't see their smile. I can't hear them oftentimes. And that's me as an, as a, you know, middle-aged adult. And so, it's, and this is documented. This, there's, there's many studies out here in the 
you know, psychological literature and the pediatric literature that have said these kiddos miss significant milestones related to that. And you guys understand this. The last point, Mike, I'm sorry. I don't know where we'll get to. (laughs) The last point is this. The reason that you were told to mask your kids, and I need to say this because we have to be reminded of this. You were told, we knew that the kids did well with COVID. Uh, actually, the, the, this is published as not Dr. Ben being crazy. Seasonal flu is much more dangerous to children than COVID was. That is published in the literature. Okay, so I say that to you. The argument for the math was to protect the teachers. Now, mm. I tell you this. And by the way, there are several studies from other countries that actually showed the opposite of that. It was actually the safest place to be within the schools, even for the teachers. Here's the reason I share this with you. So we were willing to sacrifice our kids' development for them. That's crazy. That goes against everything that many of us would want to believe about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are, our children are our future, the next generation. Raise your kids in the way. But we said, you know what? In this instance, no. We'll sacrifice you, child. Now, Mike, in healthcare, hospitals, the start of hospitals are actually from Christians. If you look back in the history of, for example, smallpox, much of the history of smallpox and the people that cared for people with smallpox were Christians. We've always been known as a group that runs into the storm, that runs into the fight. We celebrate people like a Mother Teresa or these saints or even martyrs that go in and serve where others won't. Many times when you hear these testimonies of of missionaries, oftentimes the the reason that others' hearts are touched is because they say, why would you come for me? Why would you give your life to come here? And this is what Christ did for us. Yet we can't even do it for our own children. Mike, I think it exposed an area of our hearts that many of us did not want to admit. Mm -hmm. I agree. And to think about the impact that they're going to have, and, you know, a lot of adults, a lot of parents, they've awakened now to this. And I do believe that there is a sense, a strong sense of regret that we did what we did, and we're going to just have to absolutely trust the Lord with it at this point, because again, there's no button to push that's going to yeah. take us backwards and reverse out not only all the physical issues, but all the mental yeah. health issues that this caused. And uh, we, we're just going to have to say, God, have mercy on us yeah. in spite of our ignorance, in spite of ourselves. But that kind of does bring me to the next step. You know, that's like, what do we do now? So when you have a patient, Ben, that comes in to achieve wellness there in Kissimmee and at your practice, and yeah. you have a, you, you've got to look at this person in light of their life, in light of what they've been yeah. gone through, not only uh, the past couple of years, post-COVID now, uh, but also a lot longer than that. I mean, they have developed mm. bad habits. What is it that you go through? What kind of uh, protocol do you follow with a brand new patient? It's a great question, and I hope this is encouraging. And I want to start it with that conversation with this. Some people that are maybe listening that it's, it's a little newer to them or, or just a little outside of their comfort zone, I would say uh, later today, Mike, I'm interviewing a doctor uh, from Mexico. He runs a, a, a hospital there uh, that's been in existence for over 60 years called An Oasis of Hope, and it's a largely a natural cancer clinic. And as you, as you listen to the, what they do down there, um, honestly, I think 95% of the people listening here would say that just sounds like great care. Okay. So what I mean by that is I, I strive to provide the type of care that you actually would want. Like I, I don't meet people that ever are struggling with some sort of health concern or even just wellness that do not want information on nutrition, mm-hmm. right? Like, like why wouldn't you? Okay, that plays a role. It's a date. It's a very important part of our life. So, in our office, for example, we use a, a, a scientific-based, uh, evidence-based uh, health risk assessment. It's called an HRA, and ours is is all, it, it goes through. It's sixty questions. It goes through your lifestyle. It prints out a report that's based on you know the space, the best scientific knowledge we have on how lifestyle and 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 your lifestyle choices influence your 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 health. And so that's one example. So 
so people say like, well, you know, is it, what do you do there? Like, well, we address your nutrition. We address your fitness. So we have other testing in our office. For example, I use a test called heart rate variability. That's a measurement of stress and how your body is adapting or not adapting to your lifestyle, your stress and your environment. That's another test that we do. We do thermography. That helps us measure how the nerve system is responding, how your body is handling things. Is there inflammation? We might have time to talk about that later. We do other tests that measure muscles and muscle tone, muscle balance. Uh, we have digital x-rays if needed. As those are just some of the tools that I'm using, you know, I, I, I am a faith-based doctor. And so I use, I'm, I'm concerned about their spiritual life. I'm concerned about their, 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 you know, their mental health. Now, I'm not an expert in that, Mike, but that I'm certainly qualified as anybody listening to this to say, how are you doing? Yeah, right? That's right. How, how, you know, what's that look like? Come on, we're humans here. We've done so much where we feel like, oh, well, hey, since you're not a psychiatrist or psychologist, you can't possibly, you know, help. Listen, any of us here, some of the best help we've ever had in our mental health is from a friend, yep, somebody that that's cares, right. somebody that sat down and had a cup of coffee with us. So many times in my office, what I'm doing, if you take the labels off of it and you take off alternative healthcare and you take off chiropractor, which I, I'm not saying you need to take those off, but I'm saying for a newer listener, all we're trying to do is find out all the different variables that may be affecting your health. And through, you know, my experience of over 20 years and, you know, 15,000 patients and, you know, my own experience and, and training on this, put together a plan for you that yeah. addresses yeah. this. Now, you may not like the, like, like it might be challenging. You might say, hey, I don't exercise at all, and I haven't for 20 years. Well, I have a member of my team that's an expert in this, and he's trained in this, and he's trained in nutrition, and he's trained in fitness and, and exercise programs, and he helps there. We have a nutritional line in our office that we sell and we provide. I have testing options. Sometimes we need to get additional testing of hormones or, or different types of blood tests. I say this, Mike, because when you really boil it down, isn't that really just the care that most people want? Mm -hmm. Right? Like. Yeah, I want more than uh, more than just a pill for my symptom. I don't just want a Band-Aid. I don't just want, you know, you know, throw something at me. I mean, sure, maybe there's some people that, that are listening that is what they want. Well, but that's not my experience. Most people want to get to the cause of the problem. They want to know what's going on and what they can do, and they want to know how to do that often holistically or, or conservatively or non-pharmaceutically, at least as a, as a starting point. So that's, I don't know if that's an answer to your question there, Mike, but it, that's how I would. It really yeah. is. And, you know, I, I think one of the best metaphors I ever heard was uh, when we go to a doctor or we go to a, a chiropractor like yourself and we, we're needing to get that answer. And if we don't go to the root, no doctor, no clinic, yeah. no, no medicine is ever going to really help the situation if we don't address the root issue. And, Somebody gave me this metaphor and he said, it'd be like in your car. If your oil light came on, it said, add oil. You're out, your engine's about out of oil. If you pull out a Band-Aid and you stick it over that light so you don't see it anymore, the problem is not going to go away. You may make it a few more miles down the road, but that thing is going to kick out and it's going to be done. And you're going to wish you had looked at the route. And that's really what you're talking about, right? So, yes, it is. And and I would use... a. And that's a great example, and I've used that before. You wouldn't take the battery out of your fire alarm, those types of things. But here's what's happened. We've gotten a little bit confused, Mike, and I, and, and I, I want to talk about this for a second if we have a minute. We don't. We, we're, we're up against okay. a break. Let's pick this up right here, that very point. And when we get back from this break, we're talking to Ben Raw, Dr. Ben Raw from Achieve Wellness, host of the program Designed to Heal, heard right here on Saturdays on The Shepherd. We'll be right back. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. 
Dr. Ben Rawl is with me today on the program. He is the host of Design to Heal, heard every Saturday in Orlando at 11.05 here on The Shepherd. And we were talking again, so much information is coming today. And uh, I'm so grateful we have a podcast version of this that will go out later. Uh, so friends, if you're hearing this, you go, oh, I gotta get a copy. Well, you'll be able to go to our website and, or to go to Spotify and be able to download that program and keep it for yourself. Uh, we Okay, you were just getting ready to go into a point. I had to cut well, you off. Jump in there. Yeah. Man. Well, and Mike, as a, as, a, as a shameless plug for listeners, if this is engaging to you, I also have a, a, a podcast called Design to Heal. And um, I, I share that because I have years of, of episodes that we've done. And some of them we don't play on The Shepherd um, because I'm going into topics that just aren't the best fit for, for this radio. But if this is stuff that you want to learn more about, we have a show by the same name that's on, you know, Designed to Heal that's on other, you know, on all the major podcasts, Apple and Spotify and all those. So I just, not to, to, to shamelessly plug, but if you're, if you're hearing this and you go, I need to learn more, there's an entire library of hundreds of shows for you that we've done. So I hope that's okay. To say. That was an absolutely okay thing to do. I love shameless plugs, man. So do it. <laughs> Well, so now regarding this, here's where we can still miss it, Mike. So you say, okay, cool. Uh, We want to get to the cause of the problem. I think, you know, everybody that you would talk to would agree with a statement like that, but we can still be bamboozled. And here's what I mean. So let's use inflammation as an example. Now, there is many very smart people, doctors, PhDs, uh, you know, across the spectrum of of life that would say one of the root causes of a lot of disease or dis-ease is inflammation. Okay, so we know, for example, with heart disease, uh, that's a big player, that heart disease is often an underlying cause of inflammation. You get this inflammation, kind of. I kind of think of inflammation like fire, it just meant in my mind. And so as things get, you know, on fire, it causes damage. And in a cardiovascular system, that damage can lead to scarring, can lead to placking, and leads to, well, you know, brittle, brittle arteries and things, you know, calcifications. Those are things that we would call then, you know, heart disease and, of course, can lead to events like strokes and, and, and heart attacks and things, very serious things. But at the root cause, we'd say inflammation. Now, great question. Here's the problem. A lot of people then fall into this. So then, okay, I'll play a little bit of the devil's advocate. Well, then let's all just take anti-inflammatory drugs. Didn't that get to the cause of it? See, that's where that's a little slippery slope where we'll get confused. Mm-hmm. We'll go in and we'll say, oh, no, I have inflammation, so I'm taking an anti-inflammatory drug. Or I have acid reflux, so I'm taking an antacid. I have um, high blood pressure, so I'm taking an anti-high blood pressure drug. I have depression, so I'm taking an antidepressant. And we've kind of, that's been part of what I would call, Mike, the marketing of that world. I have allergies, so I go to the store and I take an ant, you know, anti-allergy, an antihistamine. But what's happened is it still hasn't asked the question, what is causing that inflammation? Mm-hmm. One of the keys I try to teach people is ask the question why three times, and that does a pretty good job of helping you get closer to the cause. So you might say, hey, my back hurts. Okay, great. Why? It has inflammation. Okay. Why does it have inflammation? Oh, okay. The bones are out of position. Or, okay, a disc is injured. Or, I strained the muscles. Or, I sit too much. Or, my sleep position. Or, uh, many other things. I, my diet is the cause of it. These types of things. So, I'm saying that because this could be an aha moment for some people listening going, man, I never went to that next question, which is what's causing the inflammation. And here's why that matters. If I don't change that, and all I do is take an anti-inflammatory medication, well, I'm still leaving the cause there. Here's a simple example, Mike. If, if I have a rock in my shoe, and, I t- and it's causing inflammation, matter of fact, causing me pain, then if I take a pill so I don't feel the rock in my shoe, is the rock still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, of course, of course it is. There. And it's still causing damage. It's still a problem. I just might not be feeling. I would actually tell you that our approach to treating inflammation medically in this country is actually borders on malpractice in the sense that it causes the problem to continue there with the illusion that I got to the cause of the problem, and I didn't. And I haven't even talked about the side effects of many 
uh, anti-inflammatory medications, non-steroid anti-inflammatories, you know, a lot of these drugs. We've gone through with the opioid crisis. We've gone through with Vioxx. We've gone through with the risk with even something as much as ibuprofen or even Tylenol, Mike. And so I, I, I need people to understand just medicating inflammation doesn't get to the cause. So the logical question is, well, then, Dr. Ben, what does? Okay. And then I, and let, let me jump in and just yeah. ask the question, because this is where I would think it would seem that one of two areas are going to be the big causes. A, our environment, what we do in our environment that, that uh, might contribute. Example, if a person is a smoker, then they're breathing in lung, their lungs, they're breathing in smoke that can be good for them. Number two, and this is the most obvious, what we eat. And how we eat, I think those are two major causes. Would you agree? Totally. Well, I would say, so. yeah, for sure. And I would put probably food up there ahead only because everybody eats. So smoking, not everybody does. Right. But, you know, the one thing I talk about smoking sometimes for people, because it helps you to get everybody kind of understands the concept of I smoke and that increases my chance of lung cancer. You know, I think it's easy to see that relationship. I inhale smoke in my lungs. But a lot of people don't realize the relationship to um, smoking, or not even smoking, just tobacco use. It can be uh, chewing tobacco. It can be, you know, cigars, even think nicotine-created products or containing products. It increases your risk of heart attack, increases your risk of stroke. And you go, well, how does that happen? Because that's not because I'm inhaling smoke, right? What is happening? And you're exactly right, Mike. It's causing inflammation. Nicotine is an inflammatory, you know, chemical inside of our bodies, and the body has to do the response. What people need to know about inflammation is it's actually the body being intelligent, the power that God put inside the body. Inflammation is a, is a godly response in the sense that it's the body actually trying to be part of the healing process. Inflammation is part of the healing process. But like anything, Mike, we, we can kind of, um, through free will of lifestyle choices, we can, we can go too far, right? Um, you know, in the scriptures, it talks about don't let the liberty that, that God has given you, you know, cause you to sin, right? We don't, or, or Paul would say, right, you know, it doesn't, doesn't God's grace just cause us to sin more? And he says, well, no, it's quite the opposite. His kindness leads to repentance, that because of his grace and his mercy in our lives, it actually makes us want to do better, not worse. And so a lot of times, because our bodies are so amazing at healing, the way God designed them, we often abuse them. And then by the time the symptom shows up, we start to mask it, often with medication, and then it gets worse, and now we're in a really big situation, and we go, man, how did I get so much arthritis in my knee or my back or my toe or, or, or whatever it is? So, when it, so, yes, smoking, tobacco use, I mean, all I can say to that one is we all know better than that. I know people struggle with that. Anything you can do um, to help yourself get off of those is great. I will tell you this. I feel like I should. Um, if all you're doing is nicotine replacements, you have not necessarily, you have not removed the risk of the nicotine itself. You might have reduced the smoking, you know, the actual chemicals from the inhaling, but you still are at risk for all of the concerns. If you're just, you know, eating two packs of nicotine gum a day, you haven't reduced your risk of that. And then with vaping, which I see, of course, even more now than smoking, I will tell you, I'm sure I'll live to see the day, uh, vaping is going to come out and be known as much, 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 much worse than smoking. That industry was created by the tobacco companies to essentially, because smoking was becoming out of vogue, and now they've been able to replace this. It hasn't been properly tested. There's very bad chemicals in there. So if you said, hey, I don't smoke, I vape, I heard it was better for me, well, you heard wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. The flat, so to move into food for a second, as a show that is faith-based, um, I will tell you, there's, in some ways, there's very simple. Matter of fact, I had a 77-year-old doctor on my podcast the other day, and he's a Ph.D. in holistic nutrition. He's a fitness expert. He's a full-of-life, vibrant man. Uh, and he was on there, and, and he could go into every detail of every biochemical pathway. And I said, okay, Dr. You know, Dr. Bowden, give us your advice. And he goes, eat food the way God designed it, right? So we, sometimes we want to overcomplicate these things. And I know it's not sexy, and I, but, but Mike, many of the greatest things, in, 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 you know, as far as you, you made a comment before you and I got on air, about a lot of times it's just remembering. It's not what's the new great fad. What's the thing that we need to remember to do, right? In the scriptures, it talks about when God said, hey, build a, you know, put some rocks here. Build a, mm-hmm. build a memory here. Put a, a put memorial, a yeah. Here, if you will, a memorial to remember what God did here. So when your grandchildren see it, when your children see it, they'll remember what God did here. 
a lot of the things that we talk about, yes, they're simple, but make no mistake, they're profoundly powerful. There's some, it's never going to get out of vogue spending time with your children, right? It's never going to get out of vogue, you know, being with your, your, your spouse or your loved ones in social. You're never going to replace that. It doesn't need to be replaced. It's a foundation of living. Nourishing your body with foods the way that God designed them will never, never needs to be and never should be replaced by some chemical compound lab-created, you know, synthetic print your new food off of a, of a, you know, printer or grow your fake meat in some lab. I'm here to tell you that is not what we need to do to move forward. That's not what your body needs. Okay, so when you look at your lifestyle and you look at the foods you're feeding yourself, just ask yourself, are these foods as close to how God designed them? Am I eating fresh fruits? Am I eating fresh vegetables? Am I drinking water on a regular basis? If I'm eating those things, fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, uh, protein, you know, meat, am I eating it in a clean form? Am I getting, you know, am I trying to get it as, you know, pesticide-free as I can? Am I buying it from a farmer's market? You know, however, whatever your lifestyle allows you to have. But make no mistake, like you said, Mike, the, the, what we put into our mouth on a daily basis. Um, now, there's other things, in, like that, re, of course, that are related to your health, your spiritual, your physical, you know, your 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 fitness, your all these things. But yes, what you feed and 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 your body and nourish your body. It's not about calories, you know. Those aren't evil. That's not. The, I'm not saying that's not real. But but it's about the nutritional products that are in there, the vitamins, the minerals the amino acids that your body needs to heal. It needs those things to replace. It needs those things to regenerate. It needs those things to, 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 to rebuild your cells and your tissues. And so um, if you do those things, now, last thing I'll say, I know we're running out of time. Also, healing is a process. So if today I fell down and I broke my arm, Mike, and, and I go to the doctor or something, and they set it and we put a cast on it, you know, what, you know, for the most part, you know, six, eight weeks later, you know, I'm going to wear that cast for six, eight weeks. I'm going to take it off and the bone's going to re-knit, which, by the way, is amazing that the bone actually re-knits itself together. The cast doesn't do that. Right? The doctor doesn't do that. The great physician does that. that is Let us right. never lose sight of the miracle that that is. However, we all understand that it's going to take some time. All right. We don't get mad about it. It might be frustrating. It might be annoying. We wish we wouldn't have broke our arm, but we realize it's going to take some time. You may have been living a lifestyle that was upside down for 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years. I don't know. If you're still alive and you're hearing this show, it's never too late to make those changes. Your body's incredibly resilient. It's designed to heal, as I often say. And so may, just understand that health can be a process. So as you institute these changes, as you institute these lifestyle changes, give yourself some grace as you're going through that process of healing. Not any different than a broken arm is going to need some time as your cells are healing and your body is healing. That also can take some time. Wow, wow. this is so good. And on that one, we're going to have to end. Uh, ben, give us the website for Design to Heal and uh, or Achieve Wellness. Uh, let us know how people can get in touch with you and gain all of this wonderful information. Thanks for the opportunity. So my clinic is AchieveWellness.com. Clinic. That's a little different for people. AchieveWellness.clinic. We are also on uh, Instagram uh, as far as at AchieveWellness.clinic. And then our podcast is called Designed to Heal. And I also have a personal website, personal website, DrBenRall.com. And you can also buy some of my books there. So I recently had a book released called Designed to Heal. And it's actually a, a um, daily devotional. It's 365 days devotional. I went from Genesis to Revelation. I picked out all the healing scriptures and I put some context around them and some action steps for them. So you can also go buy the book at, at drbenrall.com and learn a little bit more about what we offer. That's so great. Thank you so much, Dr. Ben, for being on my program. We'll look forward to hearing your show this coming Saturday, 1105 on The Shepherd in Orlando. Thanks for being with me. Thank you, bud. All right. And we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 